Hey everyone, this is the Switch Focus Podcast. This is episode 69. Nice. 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 <laughs> and Andrew, did you want to say nice? Nice. About what? Nice. 69, dude. 69, dude. Sorry, I can stop now. I realize it's a bit <laughs> off-putting. Nice. Nice. Uh, I'm your host, Andy Corrigan. My co-conspirator in the niceness there was Junie Wu. Yeah. And uh, Andrew Brown was the guy not playing ball. Mother says balls are for the slow children. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, and with that, let's get into the latest Switch news. Uh, slim pickings for news this week. Uh, just that Disney Plus are in talks to bring their streaming app to Switch. Uh, currently, I think PS4 has a some sort of an exclusivity time frame on that. Uh, not sure how long that's going to last, but they're looking. They've said they're looking to bring it to everything. Just from chatting behind the scenes, Ginny, you're, you're not keen on this. Mm, not particularly my thing. Like I, I don't have any great pressing need to want to watch uh, Disney properties on the Switch wherever I go, so I'm not going to shell out for it. But I know it's popular. Twitter's been blowing up about it. Jenny, we've got Marvel, we've got Star Wars. Which is which are still Disney properties. Like, when and I said Disney properties, I meant the whole umbrella. Um, but yeah, no, I'm not really going to be watching... If I've got a Switch and I'm on the train, I'd rather be playing a game than watching, I don't know, Captain America Winter Soldier for the 15th millionth time, so... Yeah, and jokes aside, I think that's where I am. It, it, it'll be nice to have the app on the Switch, but would I watch it on the Switch? Probably not. Exactly. I'd watch it on my big TV, because that's go. what it's for. Anything to add to that one, Andrew? It's got The Simpsons, too. Yes. Yeah, sh- shame they haven't made any more since the 90s. Yeah, it really ended at the perfect time. Yeah, it yeah. didn't go on too long at all. <laughs> But no, really, there are 20 years of The Simpsons I have to catch up on now, so. (laughs) (laughs) Is that like 20 20 years worth of seasons, or just the actual time you'll have to spend to watch every single one? No, it'll probably take me a couple weeks. (laughs) I devour Uh, streaming television. (laughs) I'm a bit slower on mine, I tend to just watch it when I'm exercising, or if I'm doing something else. Exercising? Yeah, that's how I get through my Marvel shows. Uh, which I'm nearly at an end. Just finishing up on the Punisher. Oh, I gave speak. up on that one. <laughs> yeah, mm. it, it's okay. They should have just quit uh, Daredevil season three because it was amazing. Uh, anyway, back to Switch stuff because uh, I don't think you can watch those shows on on the Disney Plus thing yet. Uh, let's get on to what we've been playing in the last week. Okay, first up on the list is Darksiders War Mastered Edition. Andrew played a bit of it last week. Uh, I've always been one of those where I do feel like it's it's taken a lot of inspiration from Zelda. Uh, it's been a long time since I've played it, of course. Uh, but I always felt it was a sort of Zelda God of War mashup. Uh, and I know you likened it to the more recent God of War in last week's episode. Uh, have you, I think you finished it now. I think I saw you tweet that, so... Uh, what were your thoughts come the credits? I liked this game, but I found it mostly forgettable. It sort of lacks a personality, I think. No, it has personality. That's what it has going for it. I think if it had more personality, I'd, I'd have better memories of it, or more memories of it, because I, I remember nothing apart from thinking this is a cool Zelda clone. <laughs> it's not a Zelda clone. Oh. 
I, I think it is structurally. Jeez. No, so, not at all. Are we really going to have this argument now today? Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't here last week. Uh, it has Zelda elements, but it is not structured like a Zelda game at all. Uh, I, I think it is. Oh, it's Lord. the typical areas locked off until you get a power up or an item, and you just described Metroid and any other number of games that doesn't that's not exclusive to the Legend of Zelda. I think people compare it to Zelda because it has horseback sequences in it and has heart fragments you find to increase your heart meter, which again, these are not things exclusive to the Legend of Zelda. Playing this game, it reminded me not at all of the Legend of Zelda except in very superficial ways. Structurally, this game is much more in the line of Devil May Cry or uh, like like those games I described last week, like Shadow Man and Legacy of Kain, just a genre that has been completely forsaken at this point in game development, and I hope it makes a comeback. I enjoyed Darksiders. It reminded me a lot of Warcraft, actually, in its character design, and just with its fantasy elements drawing from not necessarily Christian mythology i guess is the word i want to use but very strongly inspired from that in much the same way diablo is in terms of like the aesthetics i really enjoyed it but the game itself i have almost immediately forgotten it but I, i've read about darksiders 2 which is a much larger game a much more open game so i'm uh i'm hoping for that to be ported but i also have it on wii u so i might just play that when i have some open time because mm-hmm. I, I think it'll come. Yeah, I'm into this series now. Uh, I, I regret missing it when it was new and it was probably more relevant and mm. didn't feel as, as as small as it feels now 10 years later. But mm-hmm. I liked it. I just, it is not a game that I'm going to be thinking about again at the end of the year. Uh, it, it was just uh, a good game that I'm happy I spent my time with and I'm ready to move on to something else. Yeah, it's a good old game, um, and I would uh, I'd love to replay it. Just haven't got the time at the moment because I just I want to see how well it holds up compared to how, to what I thought of it when I played it originally. I see where you're coming from with the uh, Warcraft comparisons. Uh, War himself is does look pretty. He looks exactly uh, like Arthas. <laughs> he looks like he could have been in War Warcraft, or or at least a uh, a character in Diablo. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I really liked it, or my memories are that I really liked it. Uh, Ginny, you've been playing My Time at Porsche. Uh, the first time I became aware of this one was like two weeks ago. <laughs> uh, I saw someone on uh, Twitter say that it was like a almost like a 3D Stardew alike. <laughs> um, and when I watched the trailer, I didn't really get that impression. Yeah... Um, so I'm going to use Stardew Valley as a point of comparison, just because literally every single person is doing that. And when I say a point of comparison, I mean, if you like Stardew Valley, you are not going to like this game. (laughs) Let's just make that like incredibly (laughs) clear. Like the things that are in Stardew Valley that make Stardew Valley, Stardew Valley, like incredibly well organized crafting systems, very well thought out progression systems with people's relationships easy implementation of customizing your land slash agriculture meaningful agriculture and sort of like animal husbandry segments um those are all absent (laughs) (laughs) oh no (laughs) um 
this actually plays a bit more like Little Dragon's Cafe, if either of you guys have tried that. Um, nope. <laughs> essentially, it is kind of like Harvest Valley, but... Uh, sorry, Harvest Moon, not Harvest Valley. It's like Harvest Moon, but if you scaled it down for like a seven-year-old, because the Harvest Moon elements like of farming and animal rearing were too difficult. It supplemented this missing content by giving you things to fight and mines to dig for materials in and timed quests and needing a million components um, to build a bridge to advance the story minutely by about 0.5 side quests. Uh. There is just a lot of stuff. Like, the game makes it hard to earn in-game currency, but to unlock more than 10 inventory slots, you need to pay something like 400 gold. You're going to earn maybe two gold an item that you craft early on in the game. (laughs) So grinding out... That is pretty difficult. You can choose to do side quests as well to get you more money, which is often how the game kind of shoehorns you into exploring other character relationships. But then side quests often involve crafting. Crafting involves materials that you haven't got ready access to. And to access the mines to dig, that costs 200 gold. So it's kind of... (laughs) It's kind of a game that has 60 to about 100 hours of content, I would say. um, Mainly because... Not that the story is incredibly thorough, but you're just going to need that much time to grind out the materials to get stuff done in the world. I mean, the graphics are charming. You can be gay in this game, which is great. Probably the first instance in which this is possible. In sort of these modern Harvest Moon-esque Story of Seasons type games, you can actually be gay. It's great. Love it. You can in, you can in Stardew, can't you? Well, but I mean, okay, I'm I'm talking so strictly like the Harvest Moon Age type games, you know. I think like, she's oh, talking about like years. Eastern developed games. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and like games aimed at children who are or people who are younger. Like, it's not often that you actually see characters or play characters allowed to be gay or have gay relationships in these games aimed at younger at a younger audience per se. So that's that was quite nice to see, but. If I wanted to play a gay dating simulator, um, I probably wouldn't want to play 50 hours of an RPG light to do that. <laughs> that makes sense. Like, visual novels exist. Other games exist. Bioware games exist. I probably wouldn't need to put in 60 hours of my time to, to build half a bridge across some water just to give a gift to my in-game character's girlfriend. I know it sounds like I'm being incredibly unfair, but I, I, I think that for for what the game expects of you and also how it runs quite poorly on the Switch compared to the PC or the PS4, I'm talking obviously like you can predict lengthy sort of like loading screens, like you can't enter a room without a loading screen, you can't open a door without a loading screen, and trying to get stuff done, like running in and out of your home to deposit items, for example, pain in the butt because that's a loading screen each time you open and close a door. Um, and there's a, a discernible pause every time you open and close an inventory chest. And <laughs> each inventory chest only has 10 slots in it. Um, so oh, you geez. can you can see where I'm going with this, right? So I think if you were literally a seven-year-old, you wouldn't be bothered by this. You would just think, oh, it's really colorful. Like, this is fine. Like, you, you can play it in short bursts. In-game time passes quite quickly. Like, this is kind of a game that feels like it's very much geared at at kids or like geared at entertaining a child in a restaurant over a long period of time. But um, if you're a hardcore farming simulator um, or sort of like lifestyle sim player, this will likely be much too slow paced and not involved enough for you. 
So yeah, um, that's my time at Porsche. Incredibly grindy. Has a lot, st- a lot of stuff sort of peppered and thrown in there, but not explored to any depth or any sort of real engaging depth. So just take that as you will. So you, your time at Porsche wasn't very good. No, my time at Porsche would have been better spent with blackjack and hookers. <laughs> uh, uh, I've been playing Details finally. Uh, finally. I decided to dump the Caligula effect for it because that was just not doing anything for me. Dead Cells is amazing, as everyone says. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of those situations where I would like to have said that I wish I'd got to it sooner. Uh, but based on the chat me and Andrew had a couple of weeks back about the the changes made with the recent patch, then I'm I can't really say that. I don't think I feel like the its current state is is the sort of setup and pacing that's going to keep me playing it. I'm not that far in. Uh, so what happened was, uh, played like a, an hour the other night. Didn't get very far, died a couple of times, lost some blueprints, that was annoying. Sort of was not really feeling it, but I've just spent like maybe three hours on it this afternoon and sort of getting my head around the mechanics and how the sort of uh, levelling works and exactly what carries over uh, when you start a new run. Uh, I've got to the uh, boss, the concierge, a couple of times, but I haven't beat him yet. I came painfully close just before recording and got greedy, and died, and that was annoying. But uh, at no point do I uh, I sort of feel like beaten down by that. Um, maybe it's because I'm also playing uh, Sekiro, and my, <laughs> my tolerance levels for restarting things is uh, pretty, uh, <laughs> pretty good right now. But a couple of things I want to mention, that combat is so much fun. I love the way... That you don't know what weapons are going to be coming up or what's going to be available from from the merchant that you find littered throughout the levels. Early favourites so far have been the electric whip, uh, mm. and using a you know bow and arrow just for the ranged attacks. Uh, I love how fast paced it is. I love how quickly it feels that you sort of get powerful. Uh, the abilities are neat. There's a lot of modifiers as well. So every time you you get a level beaten you go to sort of like this passage where everything is safe and you get to spend your cells on uh you know permanent upgrades uh, put them towards permanent upgrades i should say then you got the mutagens which are, are really useful i always go for the combo one because it just helps me clear a room full of enemies really quickly art style utterly gorgeous it is animated absolutely perfectly uh, the lighting effects, the little incidental details. Uh, I believe pre-patch it had some frame rate issues. I haven't noticed any. And the soundtrack is wonderful too. Really sort of morbid but encouraging. It's got a nice rhythm to it that sort of matches the, the combat really well. Yeah, I can't wait for us to finish here so I can go back to playing it. <laughs> yeah, so hurry up guys. No, joking. That's all I've really got to say at this at this early point. I'm hoping to have beaten the concierge in the next hour or so, so that'd be nice. Uh, Andrew, you've been revisiting Final Fantasy VII, uh, the best JRPG ever made. <laughs> it's not Corona Trigger, what are you talking about? <laughs> but uh, you do have some criticisms away from the, the mist of nostalgia. Yeah, I've spent the past week playing through Final Fantasy VII, and I got through it surprisingly quickly. That is the main thing I I really 
struck me on my replay was the way the game is paced because you're playing it back on PlayStation 1 and you're actually looking at the physical discs. You're looking at them as like, oh, there's three discs. So when I'm at the end of disc one, you know, I, I must be about one third of the way through the game. No, <laughs> when you're at the end of disc one, you're about two thirds of the way through the game. <laughs> there's that famous moment where uh, a thing happens to a character and uh, you probably know what I'm talking about. But on the off chance that you don't know this most famous spoiler of all video games, uh, <laughs> it really does feel like like an act one an act one ending moment but really once you're that at that point in the game unless you choose to pursue all the side quests the game is pretty much over if you focus on just where the story goes from that point on and also in regards to pacing there's the combat and this actually kind of really started to grate on me towards the end of the game is this game uses the ATV system or the active time battle, I think it stands for, which the Final Fantasy series used for most of the 90s, from Final Fantasy IV all the way up to Final Fantasy IX. And it's set super slow. <laughs> there is a speed-up option in the Switch version of the game, which is really nice, where you can make the game run three times faster. And at the default speed when you don't have haste cast on your characters, those bars take a really long time to fill. And then later on in the game, you start running into a lot of enemies that can cast slow on your characters, so they take even longer. And then there are a lot of enemies, up to and including the final boss, that just bring the game to a complete standstill while they go through these animations that interrupt everything else that's going on and just freezes the ATB bars just solid and whatever was going on and you just sit there and stare while nothing is happening. <laughs> it That really... I was cursing at my screen on that final boss because just nothing was happening and it was really grating. And this is actually a, a criticism that I, I've always had about Final Fantasy VII, this next one, is the way character building is done. Uh, the Final Fantasy series has kind of fallen into this hole as a, as a whole, but Final Fantasy VII is about where it started, is there's really not much point in having a specific character because with the way the material works, that's really what determines what a character does, not really what the character actually is. So if I want to have Barrett, now if I want to make him the healer, I can do that. All I've got to do is put healing materia on him, and he becomes the team's healer, which is nice for flexibility, but it just really doesn't give any part of your team any great identity beyond what you want to give to it. And it got to the point where, as people are being shuffled in and out of my party beyond my control, or I just didn't even care about job roles. I just stuck materia on open slots and just played. And it, it really disconnected me from my characters and the roles they should be playing in combat. I've always been really disappointed about that in Final Fantasy VII, and I even have that complaint about several other Final Fantasy series up to up to Final Fantasy XII, which actually, that's coming out at the end of the month, and they've actually updated it, so characters are more unique, so I'm looking forward to actually playing that in the updated version of Final Fantasy XII. 
Another thing that goes all the way back to when Final Fantasy VII was new was it, it uses a lot of pre-rendered backdrops for most of the environments of the game. Some of them are quite low resolution, which was a problem on the PlayStation 1, and now that we're on the Switch in high definition, it's even worse. And <laughs> when you're running around like a cave or like a mountainside it's not always clear where you can go. And again, referencing the end of the game, I spent about 20 minutes just trying to figure out where I could go in this room to get out of this room because there was this entire cliff wall that I could actually run up, but it was not at all clear from the lighting and from the texture of the surface that I could actually walk there. So that was quite aggravating. <laughs> you know, I, I just wanted to acknowledge after... We gushed about Final Fantasy VII, and, you know, if, if you've been on the internet in the past 20 years, you, you've heard gushing about Final Fantasy VII. This is still one of my favorite Final Fantasies. I, I don't think it's my overall favorite one, but it's it's one of my favorites. It's a great RPG, but it's not without problems, and I really think revisiting them on the Switch, you know, and with the hindsight of much better games which have built on it and followed in its wake... Those cracks are, are really starting to show here, and this game is as old as it feels mm. 20 years on. Fair enough. Uh, and the last game we're going to talk about is Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney Trilogy, which has recently hit the Switch. Yeah. Uh, I assume that's you that's been playing this one, Ginny? Me. Unless anyone else <laughs> has been playing this as well. It's been me. No, <laughs> no but I have, I have played it. Yeah. Um, it's good. I really don't know what else to say about the game apart from that it is good. It literally is just a more visually pleasing version of the original three games. That's it, the first three games. Okay. <laughs> that, that's really all it is. If you've played the original three, um, I know for a lot of people that they may be some of the, the best games in the series. Um, I am I'm actually pretty happy with some of the spin-offs that have come out of um, Ace Attorney and some of the later games with Athena and whatnot. So I don't know if I call them the best three games per se. But if you've never played Ace Attorney and you want to start now, I recommend starting with this remaster because it looks great. Um, Ace Attorney was obviously previously just like Japan exclusive. So if you missed out, then you have a Switch now. Please try it. If I had to describe this game to anyone, it would be Law and Order meets Judge Judy meets Brooklyn Nine Nine. Nine, nine like dudes. that's how I would describe Phoenix Wright um, as sort of like an executable character and a concept. For those that don't know, and I, I mean I'm sure people that listen to this Nintendo podcast know about Phoenix Wright, but for those that don't know. It will feel most like a visual novel crossed with a point-and-click game, whereby you have a case to solve, you are an aspiring attorney, hence the name Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney, and you um, unrealistically mess with evidence, go to crime scenes, question people, and interfere with the police. <laughs> Please don't do this if you're a real lawyer, you will be disbarred. Um, but in this game, this is what you do. <laughs> um, and you, you talk to people, you question people, you deal with zany characters like... Someone who takes a whip to the courthouse, someone that looks like a gimp, and someone else that can see ghosts and loves hamburgers. It's just, 
a lot of the stuff that you encounter is going to feel a little bit dated. Um, I haven't encountered any problematic references yet per se, but I feel like in my mind that they were there when I played them a long time ago. And I, I'm pretty sure there's a few. I'm sure that they are still here. Yeah, Remember the chef? Yeah. I was going to yeah. say, I'm sure that they're all still in here. Like I, I, I have not. I don't feel like anything's been cut. Um, and I'm sure that they're still in here. I'm sure there's still some problematic characterizations of women. Um, and problematic treatment of women like in these games so just it's not a it's not a perfect game because these are from you know the early 2000s if you can sort of put that to one side much in the way that you can put some of the faults of final fantasy 7 aside then i think as a whole the game mechanically is an experience like i would i always recommend this game um, to other people, it's like Danganronpa. I'm just like, if you have the time to play this game and this trilogy and this series, please do. Like, the story is completely off the rails. Like, there is no point me even trying to say, follow the story, it's gonna make sense. Like, if someone asked me, does Phoenix Light have a great story? No, <laughs> it does not. But it is entertaining as hell. And playing through it, it just. It didn't get old. I thought I would get to a point where I was like, "Oh god!" Like I've heard, I've seen this case before. Like I've, I've read reviews of this game before. Like I've played the original Phoenix Wright two like seven times. Like surely by this point, I'm sick of it. But I'm not. Um, and it's just that Phoenix Wright formula that keeps you coming back. So if you fancy yourself a budding lawyer, always want to yell ob- objection at people when you're on the street because they annoy you or <laughs> get in your way. I feel like you would really, really like to experience a camp, high-energy, cold case-esque type visual novel, then this is the trilogy for you. Um, If you've never played it, now is honestly, I think, the best time to pick it up. And it looks the best. Everything looks super polished. Everything looks like it's it was made in 2019, if not for all the references. It looks like it was made in this age. And it performs great, um, unlike... My time at Porsche, um, no ridiculous time spent loading. It looks a lot better on the big screen, I think. Like, I feel like I enjoyed it more just seeing it play out that way. But it's great. It's like playing one long, like, campy film noir book all the way through. Um, It's one of my favorite trilogies ever, so I would recommend it. Pretty much nothing has changed, and it felt like coming home. I loved it. Uh, I I have some thoughts. So I played the trilogy on 3DS. Uh, I got it on sale. That was my first experience with the yeah. Phoenix Wright trilogy. Yeah. Um, I came from a point of playing Danganronpa first, yeah. uh, which I prefer just about, just because of the, the pacing. I, oh, I feel that's sure. a lot yeah. quicker. Um, yeah. But Phoenix Wright, the first game is great. Mm-hmm. The second game I really did not enjoy because <laughs> of the leaps of logic yep. required to get through the cases. Mm-hmm. They were just ri- ridiculously abstruse um yeah and but the third one was was like straight back on form so uh as a package it's probably a good good mm-hmm. deal but i think the second one is definitely the the weak link there yeah just like like i said before the story is not a great story it's entertaining so approach it like you would just want to suspend all belief and you will probably have a better time <laughs> it's 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 silly yeah it's it's wacky. It it's is. just it's off the wall, <laughs> um, but it, it's entertaining and that's it's got real charm and character, which is the thing that I really really took away from it. Mm-hmm. Um, it is kind of like a visual novel with like the detective stuff thrown in. I would say if if you're not one for a slow pace, this this is very slow. 
as enjoyable as it is. Um, yeah, it takes some time to tell a story, yeah. And some of the uh, the logic, like I, there's bits I, I'd figured out and I wish I could sort of get there quicker because you have to mm-hmm. go through the motions and some of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a good game and good to see it on the Switch. Yeah. You haven't added anything to it, Andrew? I played the second and the third one on DS. I like the third one better than the second one, but I didn't really care for either of them because, as Andy said, some of the leaps of logic are... <laughs> quite the leap. Uh, quite often I, I knew exactly what was going on and what I needed to prove. I could not figure out what piece of evidence I was supposed to present to prove it. And definitely on the second one, I, I just resorted to using a guide to get through a couple of the cases. That hit point meter that's in there and how it kicks you back to the beginning mm-hmm. of that day in court when it empties, that, that just I was not a fan of that. Sorry, with the second one, I did I did the same. As soon as I I, I failed a couple of things, yeah. I went straight to a guide because I did not want to start it from from the checkpoint again because it just <laughs> took too long to get through it. And I also played uh, Ace Attorney versus Professor mm-hmm. Layton, which I liked a little better because that that has some of the quality of life stuff that is in the Professor Layton series is applied to the Ace Attorney stuff, which made it a lot more bearable. But that, that's my only experience with the Ace Attorney series as a whole. I know there's like five other games now that I've missed, uh, but I, I'm in no rush to play them. Uh, I picked up a couple of the others on uh, 3DS as well because they were on sale for like five bucks a piece. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember which ones they are, but I am going to check those out at some point. And that's the, the, the things we're mentioning here. I don't know, like, have the modern games fixed this at all? Do you know what I mean? coming from like the perspective of playing Danganronpa like often in that you could you could think you've got it all figured out and then it will like there'll be a twist something that you haven't considered which is just as enjoyable that that was sort of lacking here um but again could be down to the the age and different style of, different style of storytelling as well so um but those comparisons are just just natural when you come from one to the other Okay, guys, what are we playing in the coming week? I'm going to keep plugging away Ace Attorney, and I'm probably going to pick up Final Fantasy VII, just because, um, like I've said before, it is like one of my favorite, if not the favorite Final Fantasy, like old Final Fantasy game. And even after, even with my eyes open about all of its flaws, I just want to own it again. So I think I'm going to pick it up and give it a shot while I've got some downtime. Final Fantasy X, 10-2 HD remasters out on Tuesday, so I'm going to be spending a short amount of time with both of those, but <laughs> I'm really feeling the crunch on time with all the stuff coming out at the end of April. I don't know when I'm going to get through both of them, but I'll do my best. Uh, me, Dettles, pretty much. Uh, <laughs> I, I love it already. I I was going to say uh, Dragon's Dogma as well, but I think that's out the week after. Yeah, a week after that. Yeah, and I did see that I might be able to order a physical copy from America using mm. Amazon, so I might do that, because I'd prefer to have that physical, I think, because that's not getting a physical release in AU for some reason. Uh, but yeah, I'll look into that. That's that's a definite must-play for me regardless, because I've, I've missed out on it three times over its various re-releases, and I definitely want to play it this time on Switch. 
Thanks for listening to this nice episode of the Switch Focus podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps us to get noticed. You can also listen and subscribe on Stitcher, TuneIn and other podcast services. Be sure to join our Discord server to interact with the lively Switch Focus community. Follow us on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook and at switchfocuspodcast.com for updates, news and other content. Links are in the show notes. If you'd like to support the show, you can buy us a coffee. Details are on our website. Thanks in advance. Uh, Ginny's currently working on a Patreon for us, so uh, we'll have news mm-hmm. on that in the coming weeks, I imagine. Okay. Yes, we will. And if you want to follow us individually on Twitter, you can do. I'm at Flame Roast Toast. Andrew is at Play Critically. And Ginny is at Ginny Woes. Mm-hmm.